start off with a pledge of Uh, the, we basically pay 
far above the state average, almost paid far above what the other three participating towns do over in the Shore Regional District. So we've just been looking for some relief on that, and one of the ways we do that is to find a, a comparable school system with Henry Hudson, and also one that gives us some room to grow. And uh, that's where we're at now. So what happened is we, as we're going towards uh, year-end, as many of you know, we're hoping, if everything went according to plan, that we could have come up with a, a formula that worked for everybody, presented the state, and even had a vote this past election. As you can see, that did not happen, so we're still a work in progress here. Uh, we're still going through the process of <coughs> negotiation, hopefully mediation, with the Highlands uh, and Atlantic Highlands communities. And um, uh, Vito will speak more to the uh, most recent uh, past and acknowledgement going on with the two towns, and also Kara will speak to the uh, educational component. Um, I mean, our goal remains the same. I mean, if all things equal, you know, we, we just pay an astronomical amount to Shore Regional for our, uh, uh, when you break that per student basis, it, it, while it varies every year, every year it's just ridiculously high. That's what I think is consistent, is that it's, it's uh, grossly higher than any other participating member, and of course, way above the state average. So we've been trying to seek new partners, which we've done. Uh, somewhat successfully over in the Highlands, Atlantic Highlands, so that you know we want we want to partner that values our children and also uh, our taxpayers. So we're looking for a good marriage in that respect. And, uh, and again, I think we have a potentially good fit over there. Um, and the, the the end result, if we can uh, negotiate, mediate something that works for all three towns, is to get approved by the state, get their blessing, and then essentially put it in the hands of the voters in all three towns, and then let them decide. That's our ultimate goal, just to give them a chance, all of us, all of our taxpayers, and all our voting residents, a chance to decide our own fate on this. So um, with all that being said, I'd like to pass it over to one of our attorneys, Vito Gagliardi. Vito, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Right, uh, good evening. Uh, would you like to uh, give us an update as to the process? I know you, you especially over the last uh, four or five months. Sure. So I'm just going to take a step back as you did, uh, Mayor, because we can't assume that everybody who is paying attention right now has been involved with this saga from the start. Now, I'm not going to go back to the beginning of time, but I'll point out the problem that the Mayor and Council have sought to solve which is that your entire educational structure is different than the structure that your voters approve, both in terms of how your kids are educated and what it costs to educate them. So Seabright uh, has an elementary district. Seabright um, decides that it's gonna join a regional district. And when it forms the regional district, it makes an arrangement where it's gonna pay based upon the number of pupils it sends. Two things then happen to strip Seabright of the educational structure that it chose for itself. The first is that the state unilaterally changes the methodology by which regional school districts get funded. And they did that in the 70s, and slowly but surely, Seabright, because of its relative property wealth, not property wealth period, not wealth period, but relative property wealth compared to the other three communities, finds itself in a situation where it slowly begins to subsidize the other towns. To the point where now, you pay approximately $2 million for every year to educate 
your high school children that you were paying based upon the structure that you chose when you formed the regional district. Then, about a decade ago, the state strips you of your rights a little further. It forcibly validates your elementary school district with ocean water. So now you have no school district, which is not a structure your taxpayers chose. You pay money to Ocean Board to teach your elementary children, uh, which you had agreed to do on a sending receiving, but not to become a subservient part of their district. And you're paying approximately $150,000 for people to be educated at your regional, which costs you, as I say, about $2 million a year that you wouldn't have spent based upon the original structure. And that is what Seabright has been fighting to change and has a viable opportunity to change as a result of new school regionalization legislation passed earlier this year. And it's been a remarkable partnership with the Mayor and Council of Islands and Atlantic Islands to look at a way to do this to solve basically two sets of complementary problems. They have declining enrollment and are having a hard time supporting three school districts, so it doesn't make sense for them to have three school districts. Seabright can offer them additional children, and offer them tax dollars by getting out of Ocean Board and Shore Regional and saving millions uh, for the taxpayers of Seabright and to have, and we'll talk about this in a moment, a, um, an excellent education for a significantly reduced burden on the taxpayers. So uh, we filed a petition this summer jointly with the mayors and council of islands and Atlantic Islands and the three boards of education of islands, Atlantic Islands, and Henry Hudson to ask the commissioner for permission to submit this new structure of a Seabright, Atlantic Islands, Islands K-12 school district to the voters for their approval. But at the time, the boards of education in the towns had not agreed to the methodology by which that uh, school district would be funded. So we said in the petition, we are ready to go and we will submit the town's agreement on the proposed funding mechanism very soon. Well, that did not happen, and that's why, as the mayor pointed out, you didn't have your vote. The, uh, this summer, the financial consultants retained by the Board of Education and the one retained by the towns had a number of meetings. It appeared that they had reached an agreement on the appropriate numbers and a means to do this so that each of the three towns saw substantial savings in forming a K-12 school district, which was also going to show some educational benefits. Uh, the boards of education were uncomfortable with that uh, methodology and in some direct talks, that is not talks between attorneys, direct talks, um, it was clear that the parties could not uh, resolve their differences in terms of what they wanted to submit the commissioner in the petition for a tax structure and if blessed by the commissioner, submit to the taxpayers for approval. Um, <coughs> Uh, late August, the Boards of Education suggested that we submit the issue to mediation, and we reached out to the county superintendent's office to see if the county superintendent would mediate the difference between the six bodies, the three boards, the three town government bodies, try to reach some, uh, an agreement on that uh, methodology. The county office said that the Department of Education was not comfortable with the county superintendent serving in that role, given that uh, that office has oversight of the districts. And the boards of education said, well, let's see if we can find another Department of Education official to mediate this. 
invisible state official, it would be um, it would not cost the taxpayers anything. Um, we were unable to come up with a state official who would agree to this mediation, and so we agreed to look for an outside mediator. Uh, at the time, the boards of education said they were disinterested in having to pay the mediator. So although the boards had suggested mediation, they didn't want to pay for the mediator, but it's all coming from the same taxpayers. Anyway, so the mayors of the three towns spoke to the governing bodies, and the mayors and council uh, agreed to uh, pay for the mediation. Uh, the attorneys for the boards of education, a separate attorney for Atlantic Islands, and uh, Carrie Wright and I, representing Seabright and uh, Highlands, reached out for different mediators, and uh, in October, uh, the attorneys uh, had a conversation and agreed that uh, this individual uh, would be a qualified mediator. It's a retired assistant commissioner of education, recently retired, very familiar with the funding formula, thought that that would be a, uh, a good vehicle to finally getting this issue resolved, even though it was clear we were no longer going to make the November election. Um, in November, uh, we were, in early November, we were advised by the boards of education that uh, they wanted to uh, confer with their attorney before they agreed to proceed with a mediation, and uh, that we were told that that meeting would take place the week of Thanksgiving, and we would be told whether the boards were comfortable going forward with mediation uh, under the terms that I just described. Uh, we didn't hear back from the Board of Education for two weeks. Uh, the attorney for Atlanta Highlands suggested that we communicate, and uh, we were then told by the attorney for the Boards of Education that um, the boards were frustrated that this was dragging on so long and wasn't sure that they wanted to participate in the mediation. And if they did, um, decide to discuss this any further. They weren't sure if the proposed structure, including Seabright, uh, was the way to go at this time. So this news was visited upon us last week. Um, I'm sure the, the folks in Seabright understand that the real issue in terms of the cost-sharing issue that came up in connection with the funding formula discussions three months ago was really a question of how islands and Atlantic islands would uh, divide the savings that including Seabright with visitor problem, as our study revealed, there would be very little, if any, savings if Seabright were not included, um, given how much cost share the Henry Hudson Highlands and Atlantic Highlands Boards of Education do already. So, not only have we not uh, submitted a proposed funding mechanism to the Department of Education for consideration, we haven't achieved one, and the Boards of Education has have told us, and I'm quoting now, that we'll uh, learn more in the next few weeks in terms of the Board's position. So we have been beholden to the Boards of Education for any uh, further action for several months. There is no legal proceeding delaying this. The Department of Education is not delaying this. As I think the folks in Seabright know, um, Oceanport and Chul Regional filed some technical challenges with the Commissioner of Education about the way Highlands and Atlantic Highlands and Seabright are proceeding. Department of Education hasn't ruled on those. There was no injunction issued. Uh, they're they're hyper-technical and easy to cure if an issue were found, which I don't think there will be. So uh, the, uh, the delay is not visited upon us by a legal proceeding or by the Department of Education. 
simply a matter of agreeing to a funding formula to submit to the commissioner for review, which is the sort of gatekeeper role the Department of Education has before this issue can be submitted to the voters. So when we scheduled this town hall, of course, we had expected this process to be a lot further along than it was in September. I'm disappointed to say it is no further along than it was in September. And um, we are told by the boards of education that they'll be um, talking about this amongst themselves in the next few weeks and will get back to us. Uh, but there's no uh, action on the table until we hear from them. So I'm going to put the floor to Kerry. You know, I don't know that uh, anything has changed uh, educationally, but this is really about education. So I don't want to take it for granted that everybody here knows what's been going on from the get-go. I sort of went back to the beginning a little bit, and I know Kerry wants to cover that as well. So let me yield the floor to her, and then I'll turn it back to the mayor and council for questions for them, and then questions for the public. I have to see there. Thank you, Vida. Um, good evening, everyone. One of the things that we wanted to just go over was uh, an overview of the educational piece. So the feasibility study uh, is probably close to 80 to 100 pages of analysis, two different studies on the educational impact of moving uh, Seabright students from um, Oceanport and Shore Regional over to what would be a K-12 Henry Hudson District. Vito and I did not write the study. We helped to facilitate the study and worked with the experts who did. And just by way of a reminder, the educational analysis in the feasibility study, both of them, were conducted uh, by Dave Hesby. Dave Hesby twice served as a commissioner of education and as a um, college president. So he is, is quite experienced in this particular area. So his analysis, including in the feasibility study, came to the ultimate conclusion that moving Seabright students from Oceanport and Shore Regional uh, over to a new K-12 regional school district uh, in the Henry Hudson district would provide um, Seabright students an opportunity to receive a high-quality education um, under really either of the scenarios. So they studied the status quo, which is leaving your students exactly where they are, as well as moving them over, and found that they would have a high quality education um, at the new K-12 Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson. Um, he also indicated um, there are many pages that discuss the um, relative um, educationally superior system of having a K-12 district. So all of the educational analysis supports that, and this is not just his analysis, this is um, educators across the country. Their analysis, generally speaking, is that a K-12 school district provides a superior education for students. It allows for um, PK through 12 curriculum articulation, which basically means that students moving from kindergarten to first grade, first grade to second grade, there's no disruption. There's one continuous curriculum um, written by the same individuals, implemented by the same individuals. There are disconnects when you move students from one school district to another. Even districts that try very hard to coordinate the curriculum and to make sure that it's as smooth as possible 
uh, from one district to the other, um, which Ocean Court and Shore Regional do, and which currently um, Highlands and Atlantic Highlands do with Henry Hudson. But there are just certain things that can't be done in multiple districts when you're moving students um, from one district to another. And so the um, all-purpose PK-12 school district is really a superior educational system uh, for Seabright students, and that analysis is included in the feasibility study. The Department of Education has supported this position that a PK-12 school district is the preferred educational system, so it has, generally speaking, moved um, and encouraged districts across the state to move from what we call limited-purpose school districts into an all-purpose regional school district because of the benefits there. Um, as far as some of the other specifics, I know there's been some questions over the past um, year and a half about the educational offerings. Uh, Dave Hesby's conclusion is that both schools, um, whether it's Highlands, whether it's Atlantic Highlands and Henry Hudson, um, they all have robust offerings in clubs and activities that will clearly meet the needs of all of Seabright students. Um, although Shore Regional is a uh, larger school with more students, and so therefore it is able currently to offer um, additional offerings and additional clubs and activities for students, um, there are a lot of distinct advantages to having a smaller school district, including smaller class sizes which uh, Highlands and Atlantic Highlands, as well as Henry can offer for Seabright students. Um, in addition, the educational analysis reflects that the special education programming uh, over at the um, Highlands, Atlantic Highlands, and Henry Hudson, which would be one school district, um, is comparable to the programming offered uh, to students at Oceanport and Shore Regional. So that wasn't a concern to the educational um, analysts. The um, analysis also revealed that uh, both Highlands and Atlantic Highlands Elementary School have sufficient space for Seabright students. Um, so where they go depends on the new Board of Education. Uh, it is our recommendation that, that all of Seabright students be in the same school as opposed to being split. Um, we do believe that they would um, adhere to that. But there is room for your students in either one of those buildings. Another thing that's included in the educational analysis, which is a benefit um, to moving over to the new school system, if that's the direction that the communities go, is that there are fewer transitions. So the um, educational analysis generally out in the world today suggests strongly that when students have to move from one school building to another, there is a lag in their education. So it impacts them when they have to leave one building at the end of the school year and move to a different building. And so an educational system that has fewer transitions between school buildings is preferable. Um, and the um, Henry Hudson configuration as a PK-12 would provide a fewer transitions between school buildings for Seabright students. So those are some of the um, educational benefits that were found um, by moving over uh, to the new district, if that's what the community decided. Another issue that, that came up that I want to just make sure that we remind folks of, uh, because obviously um, folks with students in uh, Oceanport and Shore Regional have a lot of concern about what's going to happen to my particular child. So the study um, specifically provides, and we do not believe that the Commissioner of Education would allow otherwise, that 
Bright students who are enrolled in Ocean Cove Virtual Regional will be able to complete their education in the school in which they are um, currently attending on the date um, that regionalization were to take place. Um, so that provision ensures that they're not going to have their educational careers disrupted during this transition period. So students will remain in the school where they are and then they will transition to the new school district. Um, as I indicated just a minute ago, there, um, there have been really no times in our experience that the Commissioner of Education has allowed students to be um, really ripped out of the school in which they're currently educated. So I know that's going to concern some of the parents uh, in the Seabright community. I wanted to make sure that I um, referenced the fact that there won't be any students who are pulled out of the school. When they naturally transition out of that school, they move over to the new district. So I think that's generally a summary of the educational analysis that was included in the uh, feasibility studies. I'm happy to answer any specific questions. Um, I know you've heard some of this educational update a few times, so I don't want to go into too many details, but just wanted to give an overview and a reminder uh, to anyone that might be newly listening. I think Carrie, right. yeah, we go ahead and open up the floor to questions now. As I mentioned, Carrie and Vito are both available, and then we can answer any questions also. So uh, just uh, feel free to ask away. Just please just state your name and your address if, or, if you don't mind. So I, I have a question just to start with. My name is Allison Drexage from Paul Garden. Do you mind stepping up? Oh, sorry. Just because the microphone's on the Helps people online here. I have several questions, and then like you take turns and rotate if you guys want. Um, Allison from Twelve Garden Way in Seabright. Um, I have several questions in regards to um, the transition that would occur um, between schools because we're just being told that. Um, Carrie and Vito, can you hear okay? Okay. Yeah. So much. All right, so we're just being told that um, the analysis that was just done um, says there's benefits in having a, a pre-K through 12 all in one place, but our children who are currently in district would be part of this transitional period. So our children would be impacted most greatly by any change to school districts. Um, the current school districts, um, the proposed regionalized school district doesn't match up in terms of their middle school end and the high school end, so when we're saying that our kids would be kind of uh, rolled into the next, um, uh, you know, grade, whichever they're supposed to go to. Well, where does that cut off then? Because it's not aligned with the different regional. Yes. So the way it works, it's a five-year transition maximum. So for instance, if your child's in Wolf, say yeah. you're second grade. I have a fourth grader and a sixth grader. Yeah. So the way it is right now, the way that the the uh, legislation provides, not that, that we wouldn't, we can't promise anything if this ever did go into effect, we obviously try to work something out, but there is, the, the way it is right now, it's a five-year maximum transition. So if your child's in second grade at Wolf Hill mm -hmm. and it goes into effect, yeah. it goes into effect, then instead of transitioning to Maple Place, they would transition over to Henry Island. fifth grade. Correct. And, and, then, so and the same as if, as an example, if you're in seventh grade at Maple Place, once you graduate, instead of going to Shore, you then go to Henry Hudson. If you're in high school already, you graduate from Shore. Okay. And we, we're aware we're aware of the potential problems. I mean, a lot of kids. Yeah, it's like, not. It's not a two kids in the system. Exactly. Yeah. It's so not we're, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. So we're aware of the concerns because that is the biggest impact, of course, are once we're in the transition. Right. 
So we do that as, you know, but that's the way it is right now. That's the way it would go. If it went to effect today, that's how it would go. It would be a five-year maximum transition. Okay. Um, and then in terms of um, the assessment, in terms of uh, saying that the new proposed district it has, is a superior education, it's, it's uh, cor correlates with what our children are getting now, how is that actually being determined? Because we're in the Blue Ribbon schools now, and everything that I've seen on Henry Hudson is well, yes, Wolf Hill, but that sets them up for success. That's the foundation for them to be, you know, getting into the next steps and being, you know, on track with their learnings. We transitioned from another school district, and my child um, has required special services, and she's done amazingly in these school districts. She's caught up so much. My worry is that if we move to another district, she won't have these type of services, and she's going to fall behind. And that's a big concern for me. Um, I know we're not really talking about financials at this point because we don't have an equivalent to discuss, but from what I also have read, the average C-Right taxpayer pays under $10,000 for their taxes. $10,000 can be written off in your taxes. So even though if we get adjustment from going to a, a, a school district that applies a lower ratio for us, everyone in this town might have a lower tax bill on paper but it's really not going to save you anything out of your pocket. So we're going to be aligning ourselves with a subpar school district. Our children will suffer, and we're not going to actually have any savings in our pockets. I don't think it actually makes a lot of sense when we kind of roll back and think about it. I think property values would certainly suffer as well. There's people that have moved during the pandemic that would have never decided to move here full time because maybe they don't have hybrid work. Uh, uh, Allotments, a lot of people are afforded that as a part of you know, the new way of working. They can move to Seabright full-time, and they are looking into the school districts. Um, so I do think this is something that we should also consider very um, more stringently. Um, it's, it's not something that's not going to affect our property values here. I have more to say, but I'll let the floor go to somebody else. I'll no, why don't you, you may as well what that like would look at um, would look like when it's actually like fully determined I know again the financials aren't figured out but I there's so many different aspects of special services um, when it's um, you know educational support there's speech um, there's uh, lots of different considerations there so just want to make sure that we're fully um, making a comparison that's apples to apples um, and also that we're seeing the costs um, apples to apples Understanding that the, you know there's certain things that affect education. There's transportation costs that all have to be rolled up. Um, not also um, even considering things that I, from you know, I'm new, newer resident too, but I understand that we are uh, responsible for some of the improvements that were made at some of the the, the school systems. So by the time we even see any um, incentives, any tax dollar savings, what year will that be? You know, and, and we already have children kind of transitioning to different schools. So these are things that I feel like if they're not very clear, I don't even know how we can bring this to a vote. Um, let's see. Um, discussions with Shore Regional. I know that that's something that's happened numerous times throughout the years. Is there another opportunity now that this law has been passed? This is very serious that we're you know, proceeding to look into alternates that could be viable at this point. Um, is there any approach to that so that we can reconsider the ratio? I understand that impacts every other town that's involved in that current agreement, 
but if they lose these tax dollars, those towns will be paying more anyway. So is there any conversation on the table currently for that? Uh, not to my knowledge. We, Shore Regional, I mean, I remember when our first town hall meeting was the, I think the superintendent was here mm -hmm. from Shore, and they knew it, they'd known it for years prior to the legislation going into effect. Obviously, afterwards, they've taken some action already, so they're, they're listening to us, but they're not, they have had, to my knowledge, zero interest in discussing anything with us. In fact, that's why Heather on the spot, but. That's okay. I went to a board meeting at Shore. Yeah. And, this is, and this is only what? This was in July. After the legislation. During, during the meeting where they went through that they were operating at a $1.2 million surplus. And I asked them, you know, obviously regionalization is on the table. Our Board of Ed representative has tried multiple times to get that point put on the agenda. The seven other Board of Education members refused to acknowledge her motion. So it's never been put on the agenda. So we're paying money and we really, you do everything you can to represent, but the voice doesn't get heard. And I asked the question, I said, now that regionalization is being discussed, do you have any intention of changing the formula? And the president said, we have zero intention of changing the formula. Because it's a legal binding agreement, right? So they don't have to. Well, they should now because they should have the option to develop. And that's right. They do have the now. Yeah, that's where I think there's the, you know, I'm, I'm, we're all with you. Right. Like, we know yeah, it's I, an unfair. I made it clear through like, all of our channels. I've made it clear. And every prior mayor that I've known in here have tried. You know, mm -hmm. And now, we, yeah, we are in a better position because we can legally you know, decide our own fate. But now, to everything I've seen and heard, they have not extended any interest, shown any interest in wanting to and, negotiate any form. And is it clear that the average resident probably won't actually see a savings if we do transition just because what you can um, uh, you know, put down for your average property tax, most average residents will not see no, I mean, I would, no, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't ignore, I would not. It's the first time I've ever heard that. I well, I mean, when I just, it came up from, you know, what the, the records are of the town that I guess the average tax bill was, was below $10,000. I mean, but, you know, our, our, our taxes aren't exactly the highest in Bonham no, County, yeah. I and mean, we're doing very well tax-wise, right. but considering that, you know, it's somewhere close to 40% of our tax, taxes right now go to our school district yes. for 27 students. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think about it in those numbers, I mean, that's astronomical. I agree. I completely agree. But I also, to your point there of 27 students, so low enrollment for Atlantic Highlands and Highlands are 27 students. It's going to get like, I don't understand how going forward that we don't have to address regionalizing again because of the low enrollment. 27 students is not really going to impact. Like, we should be branching out and looking at other places to regionalize. That's We're going from a bigger regionalization to a smaller regionalization yeah, small, less opportunities. Well, we have, a, we have some, just under 50 all in. Um, it is a small, we have a small town, small student body, but nonetheless, it's still obviously over what they had. I right. mean, they're, they're slightly declining, so yeah, it would, it would improve. I mean, now they are not going to double their student body, no doubt. We're small, we're a small percentage of Shore Regional and Oceanport also, but it would still be a benefit to that. Yeah. Make it bigger I mean, I, it's my belief that the, the, the township that will be, you know, seeing the, the most benefit from this is the Highlands. Atlantic Highlands and Seabright, I don't really see that there's a lot of benefit from this. Um, you know. Well, it's definitely a benefit. I mean, it's, it, 
it's definitely a benefit for Seabright. It's not the best that we can do. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if we could get a sending and receiving agreement with a school district somewhere in the area, that would be the most beneficial. So if it's not the best we can do, can we? Can we? we they, we, we need to, in order to get out of the deal that we have with Shore Regional and Oceanport, we, the only option we have is to go into a regionalized agreement with another school district. That's the only way we're allowed to do it. They will not let us out to just go and do a sending and receiving. So sending and receiving would be the most ideal because it's less than $15,000 a student and we just kind of set it up with whomever wants to take our students. Right. And that would be the most ideal. Unfortunately, we don't have that option because of the deal we're in with Shore Regional and Oceanport. They would literally have to vote us out, which means that everybody in that town, or the majority of the folks in that town, would have to do a, a vote and say, we're okay with taking on 1.3 or 3 point something million dollars in additional tax, taxes on our bill. And nobody's gonna do that. I mean, there's no human being that would agree to say, oh yeah, well, let's take on an extra $3 million dollars in taxes. Is that sending and receiving or is that a regionalization? Like, is there other regional? They would have to let us out of the current deal. They would literally have to vote, take it to a vote to their residents and their residents would have to go, okay, yeah, we'll take on that extra $3 million that Seabright's given us. Nobody's gonna do that. Um, nobody in their right mind would do that. And there would have to be the majority of the town that said that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there might be a few people in those that say, yeah, they're getting, they're getting the short end of the stick. Let's give, it, let's let's you know reassess and reanalyze. Why, why is that possible then? With with Atlantic Highlands and Highlands, they've agreed to that, or uh, sorry. the Atlantic Highlands and Highlands have agreed to go have have agreed to look at regionalization. We haven't gotten there yet. Obviously, right. there's still some legal problems going on, but they've agreed to go into a regionalization system with us. If we do that regionalization, we can now get out legally due to the legislation that passed this year, this past year, was it this year or last year? This was year. Um, that passed earlier this year. Due to that legislation, we now can get out of that agreement with Shore Regional. They don't have to vote us out. Because we're moving into a regionalization system, a, a, another regionalized district, we yes. can now get so out what, of that. So deal. theoretically, it could be any regionalized district Right? It doesn't have to be this particular district. Yes. Mayor, if you want me to address this. Yeah, I can do this. Sure. So it has to be a regional regional system. You have to be um, becoming part of a K-12 regional system. And uh, there are no other viable options right now. So you're choosing between the you know, status quo and uh, what's on the table, uh, I will say this in terms of the structure. Just to, just in terms of the structure, right? So with Ocean Board, you're you're paying them uh, for the education of your kids. You don't have representation there. You do have representation on the regional board. That representation has, on a number of occasions over the past 12 to 15 years, um, sought to have the Shore Regional Board reconsider the tax allocation methods. Shore Regional, no one even seconds it, much less discusses it. So if you take a step back right now, I told you there's those two lawsuits uh, raising technical issues. So Oceanport, with Oceanport, you don't have a representative, and they're using some of your money to sue you to try to stop it. With Shore Regional, you do have a representative who is regularly ignored. Shore Regional has to find every feasible opportunity to talk to you about a for changing the formula 
and they too are using your money to try to stop you from taking this issue to your voters. So I would say respectfully, without regard to what goes on in the classroom, that those relationships are about as unhealthy as it gets. The only other thing that I wanted to mention, because I don't think it was touched on, and there was a couple of uh, comments made about um, special needs students, yeah. whether it's the children of the, the uh, woman speaking or anyone else, of course, those children have uh, rights that are guaranteed by state and federal law, meaning that the program, that what, what makes up the program, may not be the same features of what happened, but what makes up the program can't be changed. So if there is a new school configuration, um, just as the students migrate from one school to another within a school district, if they migrate from the school they're in now to a K-12 Henry Hudson system, their special education program has to be intact. Understand that all. I'll just add that the, the uh, data has to be did review the special education programmings and found them to be comparable, which is um, not unexpected because the law requires, well, state and federal law requires that school districts offer a continuum of educational services and programs. And if, if a child of a, uh, a Seabright child requires speech, OT, PT, a one-to-one aid, specific programming um the new school district is not permitted to say we don't offer that we don't have that uh, that's that's not an option so as far as, as that i agree with Vito's comments and just wanted to add that thank you guys yeah thanks Vito. did you have anything else you wanted to do? <laughs> thank you very much for your comments anyone else in the, please come up Hi, I'm Warren Fisher, uh, 16 Sandpiper Lane. I just had a question um, under Sir Vito about the timeline and everything. I was wondering, the mediation you're talking about, would that be exclusively between Highlands and Atlantic Highlands, or would Seabright be involved in that? And whether or not it would be um, like binding mediation or just discussions? Thanks. Um, so the mediation, as it was proposed a few months ago, would involve all six bodies. So the three mayors of council and the three boards of education, and we obviously still hope that will uh, occur. It would not be binding. Um, and quite frankly, the, the resolution of the issue isn't binding. It's really an issue where the mayors and council and the boards of education wanted to agree to a structure that would be submitted to the voters. The final decision is left in the hands of the voters. Uh, but in order to get something for the commissioner to bless being sent to the voters, the governing bodies and boards wanted to reach agreement on some mechanism, and you know, I hope the, the boards participate. You know, if they don't, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, towns have options, I guess, but just as the petition was all six bodies working together, we're certainly hopeful that that's what the uh, proposed tax structure will be as well. And I was wondering if there had been any indication given as to the reason behind the holdup. I know we've all heard the rumor mills and whatnot. You know, there was a question of Atlantic Islands and Highlands trying to use the words in perpetuity again, which we all know we're in it, is a bad thing. Um, or that, you know, they were interested in exploring other options with Middletown. Have they given any indication as to what the holdup is, or are they kind of not giving answers? Well, uh, Highlands and Atlantic Highlands, the, the mayors and council have not 
waiver to this point as far as participating in the mediation is concerned. So I don't, I don't think there is an issue there. The Middletown's never in here, just rumors and nothing more in any way. Okay. And then just a question about the lawsuits that have been filed or the challenges between Oceanport and Shore and that the Commissioner of Education hasn't spoken to those yet. Was that expected or were we expecting to have an answer back, you know, this many months in? I'm always hard pressed to explain what does and doesn't go on in the Department of Education. But were I to guess why we haven't heard anything about those, because we made a motion to dismiss them, right? Our response was to make a motion to dismiss them. But they're really designed to sort of delay consideration of the petition. And there's no reason at this point, I guess, if you're in the Department of Education to address that because the petition isn't complete, right? The petition said, here's everything that's all lined up except the funding mechanisms the voters have to approve as well. We'll get that to you soon. That was this summer. The DOE doesn't have it yet. So technically speaking, they don't really have to rule on those challenges until the petition is complete. Because the whole purpose of those challenges is to derail the petition. Okay. And then just one last one. Do we have like a best case, worst case scenario for what timeline we're looking at at this point? I know a lot of us here have fourth graders who are kind of on the cusp and they could have changed over as early as July. Again, some of us have younger children as well. So is there any sort of timeline that we can look at with, I guess, our concern would be how quickly this could happen at this point. Are we still looking potentially our fourth graders being over in Highlands or Atlantic Highlands next school year? Or is that unlikely? I think next school year is unlikely. I mean, I can't say why the boards of education have not really moved forward for the past few months, right? That question is best directed to the boards of education of Highlands, Atlantic Highlands, and Henry Highlands. I really don't know. But what we have been waiting for for several months is for them to give the green light to a mediation, which will allow the parties to mediate, to reach an agreement on a funding formula, to be submitted to the commissioner, to wait for the Department of Education to bless the entire package for us then to submit it to the voters. So it should not have been taking this long. I can't tell you what an outside date is. There may get to be a point in time where one of the parties sets a deadline and says, look, this is it. We can't do this forever. But I'm hopeful that the boards of education, which I think would be most mindful, right, of how uncertainty would impact students and parents. I'm hopeful that the boards of education will take to heart the idea that uncertainty is such a stressor for people. They just need to make a decision. And we've been waiting for a few months for them to do exactly that. And then I guess just a question for the council. If this does all fall apart, do we have any indication of where we're going next? Or are we then just kind of stuck in our current situation? I mean, every option, we will exhaust every option we have. Because, I mean, one way or the other, in my mind, I can't speak for all of everybody, but we're going to, I personally think, we'll find a better solution for ourselves at some point, whether it's one year, two years, three years, whatever. The status quo will not last. Right. But the quick answer is no. We were hoping, as you know, to have a vote this past general election, which didn't happen. And now, you know, if we have a special election this year, great, or even a general election vote next, this later in 23, so be it. But 
Right now, we're just focusing on one option, which is the Henry Hudson single. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, it was. You know, we're having as a true, you know, membership. You know, you know, we don't want to have a bunch of oars in the water at one time. They they made a legitimate effort with us. They've gone to they conducted the studies with us. They're doing town halls with us. So we're going to honor that relationship as it is and see that through. And then if it if it doesn't go if it doesn't happen, whether it never makes it a vote or if any one of the towns votes it's down. Then we'll, you know, we, we of course know what other options could be, but right now that's our sole option. And I guess just a request from the parents to be more involved at the front end, should things, you know, not go the way you're hoping. Sure. Um, having input from the parents prior to choosing a course of action, I think, would make for much more support from the parents in town. Yeah. Um, because right now, I don't think any of us are happy with what's on the table. So to be more included, um, I think. You know, you, you took a lot of town input on things like whether well, to open a cannabis dispensary here. The same consideration was not given to the parents, which is very disappointing. So. I, I think I think part of that, and I can't speak for the you know, entire council here, but I think part of that reason was just the fact that we really didn't have too much to choose from. Um, had we been approached by others, or had we had had we had some interest, or at least even an inkling from other um, areas in this. Mm -hmm other school districts in this area for that type of regionalization we would have probably done that but we had one choice so that's where we went um and we just tried to play it out as much as we could in that sense and, and hopefully we get there okay. um but you know if it doesn't then yes i think yep. you know yep just a request for moving forward it's yeah exactly yeah, I mean, there, there are a couple districts in the area that we can toy with that we could probably speak to and try and work something out with but i think you know it's it, it's a it's a it, you know, at the time when this all started, a lot of those districts had no interest whatsoever. Um, granted, some of those districts have turned over as far as their council and their mayors and stuff like that. So there may be a change in uh, in attitude there, and maybe more a little bit more amenable in that regard. So, but again, we started the process. Let's ride it out and see how far we can get. See if we can get it worked out here, and then if not. That was way our options. Great, so. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. What grade is your child? I have a fourth grader and a fifth grader. So I have one at Maple Place and one at Will Health. And you going forward, you let them both to be in the, the same school system, didn't you? Absolutely. I think that's a big concern of the parents too. I know Katie has a second grader and a fourth grader. So at this point, it's looking like her fourth grader will move on to Maple Place. But then, you know, Carrie was talking about assuring us that they weren't ripping our children out of their current schools immediately. But they are ripping them away from their friends at the conclusion of each school transition and ripping families apart. And not to so. mention that COVID, like all these kids were completely disrupted throughout COVID. Like their social, emotional well-being, everything was completely disrupted, and this would be another huge transition for that. Yeah, understood. It's just on the individual level, it's hard. We get the financials. We'd like to see the actual financials to see what those numbers boil down to, but we think the, the kids have been lost in all this. Yeah. The individual students of Seabright, and there's so few, that to overlook 50 students and what's best for them is, is a little bit hard to hit, to stomach as a parent. So. Just at the, at the high school level, you have the school have you looked at your original there? We have, absolutely. You know, my husband is the lacrosse coach at Monmouth. Not an option at Henry Hudson. We're obviously a lacrosse family. Not a reason to choose a high school. Um, you know, 
my kids are academically inclined. I think Shore has a lot to offer them, in my opinion. I know the educational experts will differ. I think Shore is more offering for them educationally and extracurricularly. And I think there's a lot to be said for them continuing on with the youth sports teams they've been with throughout, their friends from school that they've had throughout. I know initially there was an article about Charlie Rooney's experiences and how he felt alienated in the Shore District. And our children don't feel that way at all. And it's kind of interesting that that, that is the piece that made it to the media, how someone who is our contemporary felt back in school versus how my 10 year old feels about all this. So. Two completely different generations, too. So. Well, absolutely, two different experiences. Yes. Our experience has been wonderful throughout. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Anybody else want to speak? I'd like to say something. Um, <clears throat> as you know, I'm the Shore Re I'm the Seabrook representative to Shore Regional. And um, I think some of the things that Vito was saying are not absolutely true. The uh, fact that there was no second was maybe 10 years ago. And currently there's almost, there's only two board members who are still on the board who were on the board then. Some of them I've talked to and they do know that it's unfair, that our tax situation is unfair. But they go along with it. And we were told, I was told, that I could not put anything on the agenda right now because of the litigation. Uh, since we're suing and Oceanport is suing, that uh, it's, it's not up to uh, me to, to discuss this with the district. Now the other thing is, for Henry Hudson, there are only 138 students in grades 9 through 12. Seabright will contribute 14 students which makes 152 students in grades 9 to 12. I don't understand how a school that small can be sustainable. Uh, and especially since everyone's losing populations. Now, uh, our 14 students will certainly not contribute to that population. Uh, and our, I think, I really feel that maybe not right now because we're still in litigation, but if someone or some group sat down and really talked to Shore Regional Board, maybe uh, we could work out something. Uh, Senator O'Scanlan had a meeting this summer, and I was the only representative from Seabright. Our new superintendent was there, but she wasn't official at the time, so she just sat and listened. Oceanport, Monmouth Beach, and uh, West Long Branch all sent representatives. They sent their lawyers, they sent board members, and I did explain our situation, and they did agree that it was unfair, and Senator Scanlon said, yes, definitely it is unfair. That's why we put forth this, um, this uh, litigation, I mean, this new uh, bill. But he said that, I, so I said to him, why can't we just change the formula? Why can't the legislature, and he's chairman, uh, he, no, Senator uh, Gopal is chairman of the Education Committee, and uh, he wasn't there, but said, why can't you just look at the formulas and change the formulas? I asked Senator Gopal's office uh, about the formula. They sent me a five-page papers 
that explaining you do this and then you do this and then you do that. And, I mean, it's totally incomprehensible. So I don't know who can comprehend how this funding formula with this state is put together. And Jack knows. Jack and I were on this task force before I was elected. And we looked in to see what the funding formula was, and nobody could figure it out. So somebody somewhere knows how this funding formula works. We have to find the right person, right? So uh, if we could, I think there's a way, if somehow people could get together and talk about the funding formula. Seems that people in on the short board say, well, why don't, uh, why doesn't Henry Hudson join with us and become part of SHORE? And if you have 152 students, that makes sense. I mean, how can you have a high school with 152 students? How can you offer enough programs for 152 students? You can't have enough classes. You certainly don't have the sports, because I know um, I'm an I was an educator and I was in Keyport. The, shore of the Henry Hudson kids go up to Keyport to play sports. So they say they have the sports, but they don't have them there in person. So, uh, you know, I think if we could all, if somehow we could work together, but because of all this litigation, everybody is mad at everybody else, and nobody's really sitting down together and discussing it. And I think that's maybe something we need to do. Yeah, so one thing is, um, without naming the answer, but I can tell you that Seabrightsman has been open to shore regional discussions before. I know. Yeah, we've, we've yeah. there have been there many offerings in many different ways from some of the very people we've heard. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the details, but no, mm -hmm. this isn't like uh, they have not been a willing partner up till now. And, you know, using the, the, uh, the legal issues right now as is an excuse is fine. Mm -hmm. I understand the position mm -hmm. now, and that it's like the horse is midstream with the legal issues. But that being said, it would still have to go back. They would all have to agree to a new formula. Like, understanding the right. formula, but I think based on our work with the uh, potential Henry Hudson and our studies there, I think we do understand the formula pretty well, just because right. all our professionals hash that to death. Right. So, yeah, it's, very, it's still malleable. The formulas are, you know, it, it is a complicated right. thing. Right, because it would have a whole new formula. Correct. You start from scratch. And we've also discussed at the board meetings um, Making a K twelve district from um, the four district towns: Seabright, Monmouth Beach, Oceanport, West Long Branch, and then come into shore and make it a K twelve. Monmouth Beach is the most adamant against joining up in a K twelve. They totally do not want anything to do with the K twelve district. Well, one of the things one of the things this legislation is pushing for, and the state is pushing for, and the whole point of well. One of the points of this legislation is to help minimize the number of school school districts and school boards in New Jersey because it is. It, I mean, out of the, I, I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but I know it's fifty districts. It's it's yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I've lived in other states. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Nevada. I've lived in New Mexico. They all have county-wide districts. So if you in a state like Nevada, you have maybe five counties. You know, it's much smaller than. Right, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the population there is much smaller. So, but again, the, that's part of the reasoning behind their the legislation right. getting these K twelve districts. And you're concerned about um, how you know Henry Hudson being a small school and only having you know 154 students. 
how can that still, still be sustainable? Is if they do get into a K through 12 district in, com in combination with us in Atlantic Highlands and Highlands, the state will go, well, you guys are K-12. So even though it's a small district, you doing, you're checking the checkbox by making yourself a K-12 a K district. And by checking that checkbox, you've now moved yourself to the bottom of the pile as far as we need to do something about conglomerating and, and putting things down. So as of right now, they're in the crosshairs. So they're fighting against us. They're infighting as to why they don't want to become a K-12 with us doesn't make sense to me personally because they're in the crosshairs and if they get absorbed, they're going to get absorbed by Middletown. And if and this is all, like, like Vito said, it's hearsay and rumors at this point, but that would be the one that makes the most sense because Middletown has slowly moved down the coast has slowly picked up all of these little districts in there and has started absorbing them. And the next one in line is Highlands and Atlantic Highlands. So for them to be kind of pushing against this and worried about their kid, the size of their schools and that their, their, their kids getting lost in the education system and everything like that, if they get absorbed by Middletown, their kids are gonna disappear into the system. I mean, literally gonna disappear. Middletown School District is ginormous compared to Highlands and Atlantic Highlands. So I don't understand that part. I don't understand why they're fighting it so much because if they do get that K-12, the state will kind of, all right, you're gonna to go to the bottom of the pile. Right. And you know, at least that's my feeling. The thing is there are three different Board of Education and there's nine people on each board. So you have 27 people involved in this. It's not just uh, so that 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 right there kind of tells you why they're fighting it exactly. because you're going to have 27 exactly. people go down to nine, so 18 people are going to lose their seats, and they're going to lose their jobs, they're going to lose their position, they're going to lose their power, they're going to lose their power. Kind of a thankless job. So and from the sound of what Vito discussed, from, from the sound of what Vito had mentioned earlier, the boards of education are. Primarily, what are holding us back at this right, point. Exactly. Um, so those 27 people, or 18 people that don't want to lose their jobs, are the ones that are really causing the problem at this point. So. Well, if you're saying that they want to go to Middletown, couldn't they think about coming to Oceanport and uh, Shore? Wouldn't that be well, more I mean, feasible? Any, I mean, any any district, but there, to my knowledge, they haven't mentioned that, and I don't know if there's any discussion between the two entities and two. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's you know it's theoretical at best, but yeah. I would and logistically, it I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Logistically, I don't know if that really makes sense because I mean that's a, that's a hike for our students to be traveling every day. I mean, we have our kids travel a long distance getting to school yeah, every day, and you throw throw an extra throw an extra three or four right. three or four miles to that or more. Um, and summer traffic, or but not summer traffic, but, for the, you know, all the way down in Shrewsbury going up to Red Bank Regional, that's almost an equal distance, and yeah. they worked it out. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, for us, I mean, you can see the high school basically from our town, right. you exactly. know, so it's, a, it's sort of a natural yeah. thing, and that's why, and the, the, the great thing discussing, you know, that district or district is that they can decide their own fate in any way they want. But I mean, just seeing how complicated it is for us, which seems to be on paper and logistically a more mm -hmm. natural fit. Like we're bringing, we'd be paying more per student than Amazon College. We would be increasing their student body, and it's still 
not exactly a stand up. If we join them, would we, we be a sending district or would we be part of a, or we would be a part of We'd be part of the district, yeah. Okay. Be, uh, yeah, like I, like, like I said earlier, our ideal situation is a sending receiving district. Right. Sending receiving right. thing. You know, I mean, that's no, ideal. That's the I, best I option. Unfortunately, we don't have that option. Heather put it together, but we did together the figures. And you see what deal. Allen Hurst, Interlochen, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, deal. Deal. I'm going to say deal. Interlochen. Lock Allen Hurst, Lock Arbor. Oh, you I see what they pay That's just uh, as a sending district. Yeah. But it, the problem is we, we're in a situation right now that we can't get out of right. unless we go to Cape Oh, Cape. yes. We know that. Right? So, that's right. Believe me, if, if, if the legislation allowed us to go to a sending and receiving district, this we'd have been done. I, I, we'd, we'd, have, we'd have all picked our, we'd have gotten all the parents together, So, what school do you want? We'd work out, figure out the best options, get the best numbers, and that's the one we're going with. Of course, if they have. Is there some way, though, that some people from Seabright uh, elected officials could meet with um, the Senate Education Committee and look at this situation, and maybe they could figure out a different kind of a solution where we could change the formula or where they would look into the formula. Because when I asked Senator O'Scanlan, I said, why did you do this? Why didn't you just change the formula? He said, oh, it's too political. Well, think about it in the sense that um, the voting base in those areas and their, they have their position because they're being voted in. So if they make a decision that says, okay, well, this voter base of 30,000 residents or 30,000 voters, I'm just going to raise your taxes because I'm going to get you out of this situation. Yeah. They just lost 30,000 votes. So, I mean, it's, it's, a it's a political shot in the foot for, to do that. So that's why they left it to us to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't get these more guidance, but I also think aside from politics, that's only one size fits all. You know, I think exactly. it's not, I don't see how they can have a simple formula that would apply to equal every municipality and district in the state. Well, the formula is totally incomprehensible. I can it's complicated. Oh, that's why, that's why we're My mother's a math professor and she looked at it. She can't figure it out. But uh, when we were on that, Jack and I were on that task force before I was elected, and we identified 10 towns up and down the shore that were in the same situation as ours. Now, if we could get some of those to come along with us, you know, as far as I know, there's only been one town that's been let out of a regional district, and it was because of racial issues. And so we don't have those issues, so we can't, uh, you know, uh, go in that direction. But it, I, I just can't see how a school with 152 students can really sustain itself over a period of time with the number of classes, the number of programs that clubs that children really like doing can do in a school, a school that small. You see, most of the parochial schools that are that small are closing because they can't sustain those programs. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sh I wish... Well, that's why I say the, the K-12 makes the most sense for that yeah. because it gets them out of the crosshairs. Right. You know? And, you know, we only have 43 students from Oceanport. So we're not going to contribute a lot to head to uh, that K-12 district either. 43 elementary and 14 high. You know, that's what, 57? 
57 students are not going to uh, make a dent in their population. Well, I mean, obviously it's more than they have now. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's probably over 10% increase, so it is an increase to them. It's yeah. definitely, there's no downside for them. So it does make for a bigger, you know, they're, right. and based on the school, you know, the different classroom sizes, it seems to work out sometimes closer to the max end of that, but it seems like it works out pretty well for them that, you know, they can fit. We only get two or three kids per grade. Right, right. So then they also have the tax savings. Then they, they, they would have the additional tax savings that they would get from right. us coming right. in and from combining as a K through 12. And then periodically over over the years, they could adopt some of these programs if the board so chose well, to do so. Well, the classes at Ocean Board are pretty small, aren't they? The classes? Yeah. 22, 23, 28, 23, I imagine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And short, and what's the class, what's the class size of the short? Class sizes are short, say the maximum, maybe 17. And there are several classes that are much smaller, some of the uh, AP and IB, they have that, a wonderful IB program that, uh, Well, from what I understand, the IB program is similar to what Henry Hudson has, it's just not quite no, the same not. thing. No, it's not, it's different. Well, that's okay, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to call carry out of that. Yeah, no, IB, IB and AP are different. IB is more critical thinking, AP is more fact, and the tests are, are different too. So, uh, we're trying, Shore is trying to uh, encourage the IB programs. It's very prestigious. And very few schools offer it. Um, I think Red Bank Regional is the only other one in this area that offers. Oh, and high tech. No, high, not high tech. Biotech is Kerry, the IB. Kerry, did you not mention something about the IB program and how it's, and what's, what uh, Henry Hudson offers that's comparable to that at one point? So at a prior meeting, uh, I did go over Dave Hespi's um, response to that, and um, his his position is that the um, there are very few schools, and this, this is correct, there are very few schools across the state that offer the IB program. It is very expensive, um, and it is not universally seen as better than uh, a robust AP program. That's that's Dave's assessment having served twice. What are you saying? Having served twice as the yeah. Commissioner of Education. Yeah, but I don't universally is a big area. And uh, why well, would a school like mine talking about critical thinking, I have to say this. Here's some critical thinking. What I've heard is that Shore Regional filed suit against you and then says, gosh, we'd love to talk to you, but we can't because there's litigation. No one has said right. we want to talk to you if we want to talk to you. I'm saying that that might be an option. They told you that you couldn't uh, pr propose any dialogue because there was litigation and that they sort of... No, I couldn't put anything on the agenda. That's what the, uh, I was told by their attorney. I, I am confident that that is faulty legal advice and that you are being um, silenced without good reason. The fact that your town has issues with your original should not prevent you from making motions. So I think you can see why the community of Seabright is in this position. Your original has come up with inventive ways over the years to prevent you from achieving 
any type of resolution over this issue. And I assure the parents there that this was not, this meaning that the, the desire to leave Georgia was not the first choice of mayors and council in years past. Jack has been there the whole time. Constructive dialogue, compromise, negotiation was approached and tried and attempted and has failed. And I think that if the opportunity with Henry Hudson doesn't work out, whether the community of Spread wants to talk to Milltown or any other uh, potential geographically proximate community, I think that would be a far better exercise than to allow the three-card monkey game played by Shore Regional for decades to continue for a few more rounds. Okay, that was in the past. I think if there are new board members, there's a new superintendent who just started in uh, September, that we shouldn't just dismiss everything as in what had happened before. Yeah, I'm not, and just to be yeah. clear, I'm not dismissing anything. Yeah. This government body is not dismissing anything, but I'm also just saying that based on the recent and yeah. far past experiences that, you know, I agree with me, this is my opinion. I think if the regional wanted to speak to us or speak to me, they could do it. I don't see why they couldn't just because as they actively took, took legal action, but I don't see why they would be able to speak there to us. There is a new superintendent, and I think, um, I know, I'm just saying, I think they do it. Yeah, perhaps it. something could be looked uh, at, or some new board members who know that our tax situation is very unfair. Yeah. And one of them was told, who's been a long-time board member, was told how much her taxes were increased, would increase if we left, and she was appalled. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that there's some other way that we can work things out. There are always other ways. Yeah. It just takes, it always takes for these two to tango. Right, exactly. And right now, you know, we can literally just dance them by. I love them. Because those programs were set up 
to address racial issues that aren't present here. On the new legislation, excluded from it, or is it still part of the legislation? Is there still a window for us to look into this? The legislation doesn't address this program you're talking about. Those were creations designed to address racial disparities. So is that still something and avenue that we can go down, or that's a roadblock for us? It's not something that's available to you. Okay. The next question is, you guys are talking about doing all these studies and reports and short regionals at that end, right? How come we can't spend money on a mediator or a feasibility report to get our pay scale or whatever you have, the ratio down? How come we're not going down that road? How come we're trying to send our kids to a school that is just BS in my eyes to parent, that the mayor and the council are even thinking, especially the mayor having a kid in school, that we're not trying to figure out how we can renegotiate with short regionals? So in order to change the funding formula, which is something that Seabright tried to do for many years, you need the short regional board of education to agree to put it on the ballot, and it would have to pass in each of the four towns. And short regional has consistently refused to put any change to the formula on the ballot. So there's nothing Seabright can do about it without the cooperation of the regional board. So all four towns would have to vote for it? Yes, sir. The short regional board of education couldn't just approve us. It has to go through all the towns? Yes, sir. That's always been the case. Seabright even litigated to try to force that and was not successful. And in the same vein, that's why we're in this pilot Atlantic pilots. We need all three towns to vote yes. So not only is that voting vote, but we can't obviously have two of them pass and the third say no, because then we can't form a district. So it's the same as if we wanted to renegotiate over there. Just like even before the legislation, based on legal advice, even before I was on council, that they could have actively renegotiated the formula, but they opted not to because there was no requirement to do so. Now there's more freedom to do so with the legislation. But again, I would say that they were well aware of the legislation coming down the pike, and they were well aware when it actually got approved and now it's in effect. And here we sit. So my last point is, like you guys said, you're going to exhaust all options if this falls through, right? So if you're out of options, what else are you going to exhaust? Like how come you're not exhausting, like knocking on short regional's door and saying, hey, let's make a deal. This is a bad deal. Let's make something happen here instead of spending money on lawyers and consultants here and make a deal happen. Like this is part of the negotiation, and I just don't understand, like, how you're not knocking on the door to say, come on, how do we get you guys to the table? What can we do? They should turn out the lights and pretend they're not home when we knock on that door. The mayor said at the town hall meeting that took place this summer that he was available for a conversation and no one from short regional reached out. I understand. You have to go back to them. Right now you're negotiating to leave the school, so this is the perfect time. You're in the middle of a negotiation, and you go start knocking on that door. Get centers involved. Well, I just disagree with you there. Heather, earlier this night, Heather went to 
Board of Ed meeting asked that very question. Was she a representative of the town when she went? I'm sorry? Was she a representative of the town? Was she part of the council or a representative for the town of Seabrook? Or she just went there as a taxpayer? Yeah, so as a resident and as a person who has a child in the school system, you know, yeah, as a, as a homeowner and a taxpayer of Seabrook, she went there. And we as a council, we as a council have knocked on their door. We as a council have knocked on their door and nobody's answered. So it's not like we're it's not like we're sitting on our hands just waiting for them to come to us. Um, we have put the invitation out there. We have knocked on the door. We have rung the doorbell. We have sat out with the dinner bell and done whatever we could to get their attention. They're not looking our direction. You keep in mind. They keep in mind for them to vote us out. For them to vote us out is an is basically telling their taxpayers to absorb the you know close to three million dollars of taxes and. I mean, no council, no board of edu education, nobody is gonna is gonna do that. I that's mean, why they're not answering the door. That's why they're not answering the door. They're, we're we're basically saying, you know, we're taking our three million dollars and walking away. They that you know, if they don't answer the door, we can't take our money. Yeah, as I said earlier, because Highlands Atlantic Collins have made a, a good faith effort to work with us on that. That's why we're focusing, focusing on that at this point in time. You know, I, th I don't think, you know, go, going around to multiple partners at the same time while we're investing time, money, our professionals, we have grant funding behind studies over there. It's a little disingenuous of us to look at, you know, we, we were aware of other options, but to actually actively pursue a bunch of different options at the same time, you know, doesn't, I don't think it, it bodes well for our future potential relationship with them. I think you know they're making a good faith effort here, and so are we. And again, yeah, the whole short regional thing. I mean, I, we have a long history with them, and they definitely know where we are. They know where I am, and we've had many, you know, many. I, I don't know how many over the years, for God's sakes, dozens and dozens of attempts. But even even from the time they get into legislation, you know, they they just did not. They have not shown any interest at all. They're filing filing uh, suits. It kind of tells us, you know, what their position is on this. We keep knocking, but again, someone's trying to sue to stop what you're doing. I, I, I think their intentions are clear. So, and that's unfortunate. But, but um, you know, it's, it's not for lack of effort on our part. It's not. You know, we're knocking on their front door, but they're they're welcome. That says go away. <laughs> Any other questions, Corey? No, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your anyone, question. Anyone else online with questions? Hi, this is Christy Calderella hey, from Chris. 22 Walking Way in Seabray. Um, so, you know, I've attended many of these meetings and I appreciate that the parents are here, whether in person or, or online. Um, I mean, you know from the previous times that I've been on the meetings that this is a concern that this is a concern of mine for pretty much all the reasons stated. Uh, I agree, or I, I, I want to thank you for being so collaborative and open during this meeting. It hasn't always felt that way, so thank you for that. Um, I uh, know that you have asked in the past that if we have any questions that we can email them to you and you'll be responsive and, and get back to any of us who have questions. Um, I do want to state that on September 12th of this year, I did email everybody, I think it's up for Jack because I don't have his email, um, a, quite a, 
quite a list of questions um, so that I could prepare for the meeting that was supposed to happen um, on October 3rd. Um, and I didn't receive a response from any of you. Um, and that is a bit disheartening when you know that us as parents, we have a, a really, um, we feel very strongly about this because it's going to affect our children. Um, and so I am asking you that when we reach out, and you, you've said, and our veto has said in the past that if you have questions, you've said, Brian, like, if we have anybody has questions, email them back to you. Um, so maybe you didn't have answers, but even just to say we don't have any answers at this time. Um, I emailed the Highlands mayor, um, and I received answers to all of the questions that I emailed to the Seabrook Council. So um, I'm just asking, as we move forward, let's, you know, please be responsive to, to your community members. Um, I would like to say that uh, there I know you were revisiting the, you know, the, or reviewing all the studies. There are, um, for anybody who hasn't been on this, or hasn't been on this call before, there are two studies. One is the Keene study and there's the Forzio study. Um, it, there's a lot of echoing. Does that mean? Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll hit mute over here. I've been trying to keep the mute back and forth, but it's a little bit. Oh, okay. Thanks, Kevin. So, there are two studies. One's a Forzio study, one's a Keene study. I think that most of what has been referenced uh, by the lawyers has been the Forzio study. Um, there were some different findings in the Keene study, so anybody who's new to this, I, I would urge you to, to read both of those studies. Um, and I also have asked uh, the Seabright Council to do an update, an updated exec executive summary, um, because that executive summary reflects uh, a ratio of 85% enrollment, 50% equalized valuation, and that's not really what's actually, I don't even think, on the table um, in terms of tax savings. So I know that there, there is nothing agreed upon, and that's part of the issue, but um, I would ask the town council to please do an updated executive summary so that the, that the town is, so that the town members were all, um, or the community is informed. Um, I think a lot of these things have been touched on. We want to know what our total tax levy will be, um, what the actual enrollment equalized valuation will be, um, you know, what does he write owe to Shore Regional and Ocean Port for the referendums and how is that factored in? Um, what about a debt does he write have with Shore Regional and Ocean Port? You know, busing, uh, as Allison talked about with special education, we, we all know that special education, where our children, anybody who has a child, child with an IEP, is, is protected. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean the exact quality um, of, of services. It's just that your child will be guaranteed on paper to receive the services that are on their paper. Um, and once again, we talked about the what can our community do to facilitate conversations with Shore. Um, I think that that is something that we're all you know somewhat interested in. Um, that the one thing I think Terry had mentioned that fewer that children who have fewer transitions fare better. And so, to uh, listening just to the concerns of the parents in the room, um, I was very happy that my child was going to. 
for the vote um, because that meant that the state holds eighth grade. Um, but very concerned about the fact that he plays with the kids in the neighborhood. Some of his very good friends are in fourth grade, and we're going to not be, they were going to be going to a completely different school district. Um, and so the, that the number of transitions is, is a concern for everybody who's in the district right now. Um, and then the fact that, that um, you know, I've read both studies from first word to last word, um, that there is space for our there is space for our C-Rite kids within the Henry Hanson School District, but in order to create space for our kids, that, that entails moving the entire sixth grade into the high school. So now it's going to be a sixth through twelfth school district, which could could make it a very tricky transition for some of these younger children that they would go from fourth grade and then have to go to Highlands fifth grade and then move to Henry Hudson sixth grade. So that's that's three transitions in three years of one school district and all my friends. I'm happy that I'm not going to be in that situation, but I'm still going to advocate for my neighbors and community so that their children don't have to vote for that. Um, trying to talk fast, I know I have three minutes. Um, I'm just looking, some of them, sorry, I've got my notes that I was just thinking. Um, something else. Oh, I know we, I'm one feminist might be, if somebody had talked about the size of our classes, I think Liz, thank you for talking. Um, our, our, the class, there's a class size of about 25-ish kids in, but each grade has three classes. So it's about 75 per grade in Oceanport. And um, I, I don't know much about high school, so I'm a high schooler. Um, but it's not the size that, that of the smaller schools that we're talking about regionalizing with. Um, and then I just also want to talk to somebody said, or somebody said that um, literally, or you've all said that the door has been closed, that things couldn't, there haven't been discussions that, that could be had with the districts. I have been um, very vocal and um, have created what I would think um, some positive relationships with the Oceanport Board of Education, and they want to listen and help. Um, I know some of them are on the call right now, and uh, I have not received that type of, of uh, feeling that Oceanport doesn't want to keep our children. I know they want to keep our tax dollars. We're not going to, we all know that. It's the whole thing is about money. But they also have been concerned about our kids and they want to keep our kids. And, then, and I went to a meeting and they said it wasn't on the agenda and I said I needed to be on the agenda and guess what, it's on the agenda and we talked about it. So I have not had that with Shore Regional. I've asked it to be on the agenda. I've done it with Amy, I've done it with Heather. Like, so, but I do think that it's worth um, moving, revisiting. And, as all the parents who are looking at me, <laughs> I know that we will do it. We will work to find a way. And uh, we're, we might be a small group, but we do have a strong voice, too. So that's what I have said. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for giving us the time today. Yeah, I do. Um, any other questions? Anybody else online would like to be heard tonight?
Can you go some person? Anyone not? I think a right answer. Alright, uh, uh, Vito, Kerry, do you have any uh, final comments for, uh, for our group tonight? I'll let you know. I don't have anything. Um, I think we answered everyone's questions. But I'll let Peter wrap it up for us. Well, obviously, I want to thank the Mayor Council and the audience. There's no question. It's significant of an issue like this with your community, like any community. Um, the municipal leadership has been on this issue for a long time. I hope we have a chance to come back before you sometime in 2023 with the development that simply allows you to do what you've been fighting for from the beginning, which is to submit an issue of monumental importance to your voters for their consideration. And a lot of folks have tried to get in your way, but I'm hopeful that we'll get a chance to do that sometime in 2023, and I thank you for the privilege of representing you. All right, well, thanks. Again, thanks for coming out. We, you know, we clearly heard every one of your comments. And we have an answering. I know one uh, individual. Sorry if we didn't answer your uh, email in full. But aside from that, I know we have you know had a lot of back and forth. A lot of residents, both supportive, both concerned, ever concerned, everything. So we do listen to everybody's uh, concerns, comments, and positive feedback. Also, and uh, you know, and as uh, Vito just said, we'll we'll definitely have more town hall meetings. This is not whatever happens is not happening quickly. So we, you know, if we proceed through mediations with uh, uh, two other towns, and we'll let you know. And if we don't, we'll let you know. So keep up to date. I'm glad with the time home meeting when the time's right. And also, dial in for anything. Look at the agendas. If you don't have time for every public meeting, look at the agendas, everyone, for the workshop or council meetings and see if we have uh, the school on the agenda. Otherwise, we just roll in updates on a regular basis that almost every week. And we reach out to you right any time. But thank you all for joining again. Carrie also, thank you for joining and uh, have a great night, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.